She told check it out. This is what she said. She said, oh, 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 oh. She said she wants some Marvin Gaye, some Luther Vandross, a little Anita, but definitely set this party on Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And I don't know if I told you guys last week, but I'm trying to, because this is National Women's Month, every episode this month, I'm trying to have another young lady that's in sports come on the podcast and talk about sports, talk about a specific topic, and, and just, just have a conversation. So stay tuned. I do have a, a guest coming in. Well, a guest on the phone today but before we start that let me let me so as we know this coronavirus thing is is not only picked up steam this is this is full-blown crisis mode when i say crisis mode i'm not saying as far as like hide your kids hide your wife but everybody in their mama is scared you know you have people getting sick left and right not too many people are are passing away, fortunately, but people have passed away from it. I think the the lack of knowledge and the lack of knowing what to do next because of this virus or in terms of the virus has really scared a lot of people. And we start here because in an unprecedented move, the MLB, NBA, NHL, and MLS have all come together and shut down media access to the locker rooms. They want their players as far away from the virus as possible, and they feel that letting media come into the locker room is pretty much a pretty much a gateway or window to uh, the virus coming in. Now, of course, there's there's going to be some specific media that can come in. Uh, you know. You have to be authorized, but they're really shutting down on that. And this is a step before a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of media, a lot of organizations have even juggled with the idea of playing in arenas or playing in stadiums without fans, playing NBA games without fans, playing baseball games without fans. Hell, they're they're talking about maybe they're going to have their games. At the at the spring training facilities, which is of course smaller, more packed in, no fans are in there. And I understand. I understand the 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 fear. I understand the precautionary measures. But I will say this. We're seeing a lot of action. Because, like I said, we don't really know. We do know that there is a coronavirus going around. We do know that people are getting sick left and right. We do know that some, most people are surviving, but they're still getting sick. We do know that people from the ages, I think, 60 up are a lot more, a lot more susceptible, unfortunately, to death if they... If they get now, not saying that all of them pass away, but and again, I'm not a I'm not an expert. I don't I don't know. I just do know that people are taking steps. 
It's not, and it's not just in the sports world. You, you see South by Southwest. That is, uh, for people that don't know, that's a huge music festival. That has gotten canceled. They're considering canceling Coachella, which is one of, if not the largest, uh, music festivals. Like I said, LeBron James came out and said, I'm not playing in front of, I'm not playing if there's no fans. I understand what he's saying, but then I do get the fact that this is something we we may or may not have ever ever experienced, you know. And and the sporting events have to go on. the The NFL the NFL has is is trying to figure out a way how to have games with fans, but lack of contact. You see the XFL they they interview players on the field, you know. So because of this virus, it is it is we don't know what to do. When I say we, the media, the media, the sports, that we're trying to figure it out. And the, 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 the thing that I, I want to implore people is don't be aware, but don't be scared. Be, be prepared, but don't be, don't be fearful of this virus and i say that to say if you if you you know if you continue to try to be healthy with yourself continue to 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 be clean as in wash your hands take showers you know what i'm saying and even if you do get it you know it's it's go to the hospital uh quarantine yourself it's it's pretty much a a, a really strong flu you know what i mean so Again, I start off, now the yes, this is a sports podcast, and I like to keep it within the realm of sports, and that's why I started off with this virus, because you're seeing people like the MLB, like the NBA, and this is one of the first, I don't, I don't know if this is the first time, but this is the first time I am aware that most, if not all, of the major league sports have come together in, in unison for one, or to take action against one cause you know what i mean like this is the first time i've seen the mlb nba and mls and nhl come together in in unity to try to try to tackle a situation head-on yeah they don't want to stop the games they don't want to they don't want fans to be able to at least watch the game they don't want fans to be able to uh they don't want fans not to be part of the action, but they do want to keep their league, their players healthy. Now, another side of this that a lot of people aren't thinking about, except maybe the media, is this is going to affect a lot of media jobs. If this continues to last uh, for, for a minute, this is going to affect media jobs. A lot of people are sideline reporters. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of reporters, their job is to get sideline interviews to to get in the locker room after and before games to talk to players and with 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 the leagues limiting limiting that access it's it's going to be a it's going to be a, a fun way well let me say this it's going to be we're, we're going to have to figure out or we're going to see how they're going to approach this how they're going to approach interviews how they're going to approach you know after game or post-game interviews, you know, in the locker room, and are they still going to have media, you know, media rooms? Because for people that don't know, there's a locker room, and then there's usually a media room. Not all players go to the media room, which is why a lot of the media 
goes to the locker room so they can get all access because LeBron James doesn't really go to the media room after. In fact, I don't think he goes to the media room at all unless it's like the playoff or something. So, or, or like the beginning of the season. That's why they try to get players like LeBron, players like, you know, I don't know, KD or something. Like they try to get them in the media room I mean, or in the locker room because they know they're not, they don't really have to go to the media room. The only people that really go to the media room is like, uh, you know, Steve Kerr um, or coaches and sometimes players. Like I know Steph Curry goes there, but it's not like he always, he has to. So, like I said, this, this, this coronavirus, as we're seeing now, and especially with this new act that these leagues are, have set, it's really going to change the way that we view sports right now. And, and it really depends on how long this coronavirus isn't able to be contained. It, it's going to change how, how media covers the sport and how, you know, how, how the fans are able to receive it, you know? If... I have never been in a gym. When I played college basketball, I was never in a gym. And even, even in, well, no, we did have some practices. But playing, like actual game, I've never played in a gym with no fans. Now, I never played in a big, well, I've never played in a huge NBA-style arena as in a regular, a regular place to play. Of course, we've played in conference games and championship games. But I've never played in an arena for an actual game with no fans. So I, I understand why it would be a little, it would be a little weird for players uh, and, and coaches and everybody. So, you know, this is, this is a developing story as clearly because the coronavirus, we're still learning more and more about it each day. So, you know, I, just, 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 just keep on the lookout, man, and, and, and be vigilant. Be, you know, everybody and their mom is telling you to wash your hands. So wash your hands, people, you know. Not saying that washing your hands is, is like the automatic, or right, you're not going to get it if you do this. But, you know, just, just stay clean. Stay clean. Um, moving forward, and, and, and we'll kind of stick. We'll see if we didn't really talk about it. We'll, we'll go to football. No, we'll stick, with, we'll stick with basketball a little bit. No, we'll go to football. Go to football. Uh, so the... As we know, we talked about this on one of the epi- on the previous episode that the N- NFL CBA is trying to propose uh, is trying to propose that the NFL season extends to I believe 17 games and that the playoffs expand so more teams can be in it. Um, some players were were against it. Some players, of course, were for it, seeing as though the salaries. They, they they get more money, especially the players that, believe it or not, live check to check. Uh, and what we saw this week is they said that they're gonna they're gonna have a vote, but and this is kind of I don't I don't know much about this, but I did want to bring it to you guys' attention is that they said that if if they don't get if they don't approve the seventeen. They're going to go back into the negotiations and try to make it 18 games. I don't know how they're doing that. And, and, and I can see, if they do that, I can really see a lockout coming soon. I, of course, as a fan, I don't want a lockout. But I can really see it coming soon if, 
this it really feels like now of course they can say you know for players that are making the league minimum or something this helps them tremendously but this is really starting to feel like well it felt like a money play at first but now this is really starting to feel like a money play and it feels like the owners kind of have a little bit more say than the players which shouldn't be the case now again i don't know if that's the ultimate outcome will is they will extend or i don't know if the players will be able like yo we don't want it and then there there wouldn't be a lockout because with the lockout almost everybody except probably the owners lose the most you know what i mean so i don't i don't know how it's gonna go but i do know that that is coming down the pipe soon and we just have to wait and see because hell i don't know that that's something that I've never experienced, and I'm not playing football. But that's that's you know I, I know players they they lament about you know going through their going through hell to play every day. Yeah, they love the sport, but it's still you know it's still tough. So the fact that you're trying to add games just for to add, you know what I mean? Like for fan and money, it's, it's I understand their frustration. Well, some players' frustration, and I do understand some players as for it, seeing as though. A lot of them don't make millions upon millions of dollars, so get a get two or one or two extra game checks plus another opportunity or a better opportunity to make the playoffs, which is another check or more checks. So I get it. I get it. And lastly, before we move on, so Dak Prescott, it's been reported that Dak Prescott has turned down a deal that would pay him $33 million a year and roughly 100, 100, uh, between 100 and 105 guaranteed. It's been reported that he turned that down. The, the Cowboys have sent in another, uh, another, um, what's it called? another contract, but we don't know this, the details of that one. And this is, this is what I'll say about that. You, gotta have, you, you have to have perspective in your life. You have to be able to, to, to understand what's what. You have to be able to understand yourself. You have to be able to understand your value. Because some people, can, you can be the most valuable person in their life, but for others, you're not. Dak Prescott is in a peculiar situation. Nobody in their mama, except people on Dak's team, as in like his lawyers or, or his agent, his family, Nobody outside of Dak's circle thinks that Dak Prescott is worth $33 million a year. But then you have to tack on value. When you look at the, the, the quarterback market right now, you have Tom Brady, who that might be a better fit in the present, but then you'll be pretty much scrapping your future. You have Phillip Rivers, who could be one, more than likely is one foot out the door. And not because he wants to, it's because his body just can't can't do it anymore. You have Cam Newton, who is a really good fit, but we don't know about his injury. I mean, we know about his injury history, but we don't know how ready he will be, and we don't know how much his body will hold up. Not to mention, Dak Prescott is more an accurate thrower than Cam. Cam is just a, a, a better physical athlete. So when you look at the landscape of the NFL and you look at the landscape of the quarterbacks, especially the, 
the quarterbacks that are available, more than likely. Dak Prescott, more than likely, is the best one for the for the long term. So when you when you think of that, and you think of the Cowboys and Jerry Jones is in a win now mode, but you don't want to scrap your future. Dak Prescott has those cards in his hands. But then I, I do I, I don't get the fact that being paid thirty three million a year and having a contract guarantee between hundred and hundred and five, that is one of the richest contracts in NFL history. And you turn that down, there is no, again there is nobody outside of Dak Prescott's bubble that thinks he's worth that. But if the Cowboys are willing to pay you that. You take it, bro. Or you risk being franchise tagged. The one thing that you didn't want to do in this entire process. Because the franchise tag only benefits the team. Yet, it, it, it allows you to keep the player. It allows you to not have any insurance if the player gets hurt. And it allows you to, to pretty much, if the player gets hurt, to just say, you know, and just say, yeah, he can go. Not to mention, you only have to pay for that year. Which means the next year is not guaranteed. Again, Dak Prescott is in a very peculiar spot. I can say it's easy for me. I would have picked up. I would have. Man, I would have said yes to this offer faster than a ball can drop. But I've never seen $33 million. (laughs) I've never seen NFL type money. And I also wouldn't. Again, it's, it's leverage, but it's leverage to a certain extent. And it goes back to the value situation. If, you, if Dak Prescott knows that he's worth more and he will be able to get a bigger contract or a better contract, then that makes sense. But that is, a, that is a wild reassurance. Again, this is one of the richest contracts ever in the history of the NFL, and he turns it down. Dakota Prescott turns it down. Now, again... If he if 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 him and his agent know that a bigger deal is coming, much kudos to you. You see something that I don't see. But right now I'm not seeing it. And and honestly, I don't think the Cowboys are seeing it because the Cowboys had to send you another contract. The Cowboys this whole time we've been hearing about the Cowboys trying to franchise tag or or prepared to franchise tag. Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. Not to mention, Amari Cooper still is trying to get another contract as well. But we've heard that the Cowboys are trying to franchise tag Dak Prescott because they don't want to they don't want to pay him long term or something or whatever. So the fact that they send you a deal that's this much money, and you still turn it down, knowing that more than likely you probably won't get anything higher than this, which means that you more than likely will get franchise tagged. That'd be that, you know, it's, it's, it's a little head scratching unless Dak Prescott doesn't want to be a cowboy anymore. No, he's he's come out and said that he wants to be, of course. So no signs are really pointing to that, except the fact that he turned down this contract. But if he doesn't want to be a cowboy anymore, I think he had they have until Monday to to Monday next week to franchise tag. If not, I think he's a free agent. So, you know, that is a story that has to develop. Like, we have to see what's going to happen because, again, right now it's confusing to me. 
because that's a lot of money to put on the table, especially for a quarterback that, to me, isn't even top five. But that's, you know, that's, that's just something to, to, to keep our eyes on. So moving forward, we're going to go to the in, in, in NBA. Um, so Kenny Atkins, who was the coach of the Nets, him and the Nets, Atkins and, and the Nets mutually agreed to part ways. And more than likely, when you hear it mutually, it probably wasn't mutually because nobody really wants to get fired unless you're the coach of the Knicks. So they mutually you know, agreed to part ways. Reports have come out saying that some of the players, some of the new players weren't or didn't really like him being there. They, some reports saying that he wasn't too happy with coaching Kevin Durant and um, Kyrie Irving next year. There's there's just a lot of reports that that we don't know. We haven't really heard from Kenny. We haven't heard from the organization except for saying they've mutually part ways. And this doesn't look good on Kyrie. This doesn't look good on KD because they haven't come out and said anything. I'm not saying that is they're the reasons why, but I'm pretty sure if KD wanted to keep Kenny Atkins, he could have kept Kenny Atkins. And then there's a report that came out saying that. Kyrie Irving prefers Lou Williams, or not Lou Williams, Ty Lue, for to be the coach. I don't know how Ty Lue continues to keep getting shots, but hey, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but he had one championship. And if you're really being serious, that championship came after a, a lot of breaks for the Cavaliers. But, you know, he has one championship, so and, and if he's that much of a great coach, I don't know if the 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 Cleveland Cavaliers would have fired him. I think they fired him because they just wanted to clear. It. So I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I'm saying that's that's who Kyrie wants. So that's that's a developing story. I it was a little shocking to me because nobody had the the Nets came from. If you people don't remember one of if not the worst trade in NBA history. The Nets pretty much traded their entire future to get players like a Kevin Garnett, who was at the at the at the tail end of his career. Paul Pierce, tail end of his career. Deron Williams, tail end of his career due to injury. Gerald Wallace, like they got old really quick and traded their entire future, well, their entire immediate future. To the Celtics, and at the time, and and probably still now, that was probably the worst trade ever. But with Kenny Atkins, with a good management system, they were able to flip that. They were able to bring on players like a Spencer Dinwiddie. They were able to bring on a Karis LeVert. They were able to bring on a D'Angelo Russell last year. They were able to bring on players, and to the surprise of everyone. They made a they 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 were they made a they had a promising season last year, and a lot of that was due to coaching from Kenny Atkins. So with this being his second season, yeah, he doesn't have that much of a winning record, but that's because of the talent on the floor, and that's not really due to him. That's when you bank your your present and future on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and on the floor. You have to work with what you have. And the magic that was there last year isn't really there this year. That could be because of personnel. That could be because last year was a special season. I don't know. So I was a little shocked about it. Uh, I th- I'm excited to see who's going to be the coach. 
I do think that Kenny Kenny Atkins kind of suffers from what what Brad Stevens suffers from. I don't know how good Brad Stevenson is. Oof. I don't know how good Brad Stevens is coaching superstars, and I don't know how good Kenny Atkins is coaching superstars. But I do know that, especially when it's with young developing players, Kenny Atkins is is a hell of a coach. Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach. It's just we're not 100% sure how they are coaching superstars, which is cool. Not saying they're bad coaches. It's just some people are, are, are more of the developing type, as in I develop young players to be great. Like look at, look at Jason Tatum along with Brad Stevens. Yes, Jason Tatum's good, but nobody thought he'd be this good this fast. And I think that's attributed to Jason Tatum is or Brad Stevens is molding a system around Jason Tatum. Look at last year with Kenny Atkins. Kenny Atkins saw that D'Angelo Russell, even though he had his problems with the Lakers, they wanted to bring him in. They wanted to see how he is and they wanted to, you know, they, they wanted to form a system around him and they did. And then it got them, I, I think. Yeah, it got him to the playoffs. So, again, I know that I don't think this is over for Kenny Atkins. I don't think that this is the last. I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think that you know the the the, the players hated him. I don't know, but I don't I don't think that because I see the success last year. I just think that he understands himself. He understands the room, and the room is, you know, you have two superstars coming tomorrow or tomorrow next year. And he might be better just coaching up players instead of coaching superstars, which is cool. Some play like if you think Phil Jackson was good at coaching superstars, Doc Rivers, you know, Brad Stevens was not when he had Kyrie. Um, David Blatt wasn't when he had LeBron. Like uh, Mark Jackson, his his relationship kind of got stale with the Golden State Warriors when Steph Curry started to arise. So it's you know. Shouts out to Kenny Atkins. I'm sure he'll bounce back, uh, and we'll just see who the next coach is going to be for the Nets, especially a coach that can, and they'll, they're definitely looking for a coach that can coach superstars. So, uh, And before we go to my guest, I just wanted to give you guys my top five MVP race. I usually maybe do this once or twice in the season until the end, but I just wanted to do it now because, uh, hey, I wanted to do it. So at number five, I have James Harden. James Harden still leads the league in scoring. Yes, the the I don't think that the Houston Rockets really have a shot at winning a championship because how small they are. Now, I do see the advantages of playing small, but I see the advantages of playing small in certain situations, not entire games, not entire systems. They've I think they've lost like four straight. And out of the four straight, they've been brutally out rebounded, and when you give teams, especially NBA teams, they can be the they can be trash teams. They're still in the NBA. When you give them multiple, and I mean multiple shots at a, at, at scoring, they're gonna they're gonna find ways. So when you're getting you're getting out rebounded by thirty or twenty five or thirty two or thirty five, that's thirty five extra possessions. That that. It's like in the NBA that, you know, that's how you get the, they got destroyed by the magic. And this was a team, the Rockets that were, that were supposed to be 
if not championship favorites, at least in the top five window. And right now, they're not looking like it. But even with all that, James Harden is still leading the league in scoring. James Harden, along with Russell Westbrook, are still a, a power pack that has is, that is worked. Now, I don't know how much has worked in winning, which is why I have him at fifth. But I do know that James Harden is still an incredible superstar and still is doing what he does best, which is scoring, which is getting to the lane, which is getting to the line, which is his step back threes, his, uh, you know, non unorthodox way of scoring. It still works. So that's why I have him at fifth. At fourth, I have Kawhi Leonard. That is a little bit due to the fact that this, the, the Clipper season is going, it, it, it's, it, it's going well. Um, that, that is, you know, Kawhi Leonard is still the best to me, two-way, one of the best two-way players in the league when healthy. The reason why I have him at fourth and not a little higher is due to the load management, is due to the fact that the Clippers aren't number one in the West, due to the fact that he has a lot of help around him now. And that, while that shouldn't hurt a lot of people when it comes to MVP voting, it definitely will seeing as the talent that you have around him. The one time I don't think it really hurt somebody was when Steph Curry won unanimously, but that was because he was in the 50-40-90 club while averaging 30 points a game. And he was the league leader in steals. So, you know, the, Kawhi Leonard's had an incredible season. Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers still look like the team to beat. Yes, they did lose to the Lakers this weekend, but they still look like the team to beat. And because of that, that's why, and, and he's a leader of that team. And because of that, that's why I have him at fourth. At third, I have Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is the reason why the Dallas Mavericks are in, playoff, are in the playoff race. They're the reason why the Dallas Mavericks have a good chance of upsetting somebody in the playoffs. Yes, you have K, uh, Porzingis, but Porzingis, as we've, as we've seen he, I don't know if he's alpha enough to be a number one, and we've seen, and what we're seeing is Luca has all the capability of being a number one, you know, with his scoring, with his 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 passing ability, he looks like a veteran. I think this is only year two, so you know, Luca is one of the best players in the league, and yes, he's. I wouldn't say he's top ten yet. But what I will say is he's top five in MVP voting, especially this year. Uh, there and, and there's other people that you could that I could have put in this list. That I didn't. You know, you have Chris Paul, and nobody really expected the OKC Thunder to be as good as they are. Damian Lillard, especially that stretch he had where he was he was putting Kobe like numbers. Um, Bradley Bill, hell, shameless plug. Bradley Bill. You know, even though the Wizards aren't winning as much, he's still putting up godly numbers. So, you know, it, this, this, this list could have been a little bigger, but, you know, I just wanted to hold it to five because I don't think people outside of five really have a shot. So that's why I only kept it to five. Um, number two, because I kind of I scrambled there. <laughs> number two, I have LeBron James. The reason why, you know, I'm going to just say number two and number one. Number two is LeBron James and number one is Giannis. The reason why I still have LeBron James in number two is because I'm looking at the, the, the entire body of work so far that we have this year with Giannis and LeBron. 
and while LeBron James has had an incredible season and, and has had a MVP-like season, I can't over and he's beat, you know, Giannis and LeBron James. They split the series. I can't overlook what Giannis has done this entire year. Giannis has made it look easy. Hell, look at what we've seen in the last few games. Giannis plays LeBron. While LeBron James and the Lakers did win, LeBron James had, I think, 35 or 37, and Giannis had 32. To me, the reason why they won that game is Anthony Davis played a really big part. Yes, LeBron James was incredible, but Anthony Davis, I think, shipped on like 28, 25 points or something like that. Nobody else outside of Giannis really helped Giannis for the Bucks. That game. And we've seen Giannis has missed the last two games for the Bucs. The Bucs have been destroyed. And one of those games was against the Phoenix Suns. They have been, and, and the Denver Nuggets, they have been destroyed in those games without Giannis. With Giannis, he's putting up historic numbers. They are on, they are on a historic pace. Without Giannis, they are bottom of the, bottom of the bottom of the bucket team. And because of that, that is why I have Giannis at number one. I look at what's happening on the court and on the court, they're on a historical pace. In fact, he's on a historical pace to, I don't know if he'll be able to do it, but to beat out Steph Curry's 2016 season, which a lot of people argue is the greatest NBA season of all, or by an individual player of all time. One of, I'm not saying is, but one of the greatest seasons of all time. Like I said, 50-40-90, averaging 30.1 uh, points a game, leading the league in assists, I mean steals, uh, leading your team to 73-9, and nine, you know, that season. And Giannis is on pace to not only match, but surpass that in some areas. So that is why I have Giannis number one and, you know, LeBron James number two. Now, if LeBron James wins the MVP, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't be fluke. If Giannis won, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little shocked if Luca won, especially what we're seeing from Braun and Giannis. I'd be shocked if James Harden, unless they go on like a historic run and don't lose again, and he averages, I don't know, 40 or something. And I, I, I don't see Kawhi winning because winning it due to the fact that low management, I don't know how many games he's going to play. So until the playoffs, of course, but once the playoffs hit, the voting's over. So, oh, Without further ado, and moving forward, like I said, I this is Women's History Month, and I told you guys I would like to I I, I want to have a conversation with a young lady every episode this month because I want to honor you know National Women's Month. I want to hear from women in sports, and today I have Miss Jasmine Brown. For people that don't remember, she is actually my first guest that I've ever had on the podcast. Uh, it was definitely an honor to have her on then and it's an honor to have her on now and I wanted to talk to her about where she started in the sports career to where she is now uh, I wanted to talk about we all know well for people that don't know she's a beloved Maryland fan I mean she went to Maryland so I want to talk to her about the Maryland basketball both men and women and I want to talk about the changes and improvements that were made and that still need to be made from the WNBA so without further ado 
Here's Jasmine Brown. Uh, and last time we talked, things have definitely changed for you. And seeing as though this is uh, Women History, Women's History Month, I wanted to have you on because I think that when I first talked to you, you were, of course, a sideline reporter for the Wizards and the Mystics and uh, University of Maryland. You were doing a lot. And I remember you talking about, you know, the grind is real, but you enjoy doing it. Tell, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, tell the listeners uh, where you were as in when you were doing the, the sideline report to where you are now. Yeah, so um, I am currently a production assistant at ESPN. And, uh, yeah, I think all the grind that I was doing um, leading up to that, definitely paid off. Um, the workload is a lot, I think, a lot more than all three combined. But, yeah, I think um, just all of that stuff that I was doing prepared me um, to work as a worldwide leader. So I'm very you know, happy to have done that. And in hindsight, I'm glad that I was able to do um, all that stuff with ESPN. Great. So, congratulations on that. Um, tell, okay. I, I'm sure you can't tell us how uh, how a day at ESP is. So I'm sure it's different every day. But just tell us some of the things that you learned since working at ESP, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is making sure that you are best of this information. Um, I think the biggest thing is accuracy. Um. Because if, if you get something wrong and it errors, it's going to be your fault, it's going to be the producer's fault, and it's pretty much your So being accurate is definitely um, wanted and required. Um, I think that's another big thing is um, getting stuff in on time, um, you know, constantly, constantly live every hour. So uh, every minute of the hour, I would say, and if you don't have, I mean, if you don't have your stuff in on time, producers are pretty good with replacing it with something else, but viewers mainly want things that are, I mean, like you say, like a clippers, you clip, clippers like this thing. If you don't have your highlight in on time, it's okay, but people are going to want to see that first, the highlight first of that, so, you know. Definitely, uh, definitely required of people to make sure that everything's in on time. So, you know, Sports Center or whatever is airing is in, you know, going to roll and in the time slot that it's prepared for. Okay. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. I did, we did talk about your ties with University of Maryland, of course graduating there and, and covering the team. How do you feel about the recent success that both the men and women's team are, are are seeing right now? And do you think that both teams have a legitimate shot of, of course, going all the way and, and winning the national championship? Yeah, I do. Um, I think for the boys, um, this is definitely – uh, a great accomplishment. I know everybody keeps talking about the whole share thing, um, but I mean, hey, they won. Um, it, it was a really, really tough league, and you have 
three teams winning a conference. There's no clear-cut outright winner. It just shows how good the uh, the conference was. And the same thing for the girls. The girls are usually winning outright regular season, um, and they've lost the last two um, national championships, well, not the tournament championships, to Iowa and Ohio State. So even them sharing uh, the title, uh, that shows how good the women's side was, too. So, yeah, I really do. I do think that both teams are uh, poised to win the national championship. I think I will get an edge more to the boys um, because I think with the girls, I think a lot of them don't have the tournament experience. Um, which I, I most of the team does, they do. Um, but I think I think Oregon, Oregon <laughs> probably my pick to win it all. Either Oregon or South Carolina. Those 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 two teams are just insane. Um, that's just not on the thing in for fight side. Um, and then for well, on the boys side, I do think that they have a better chance at winning it all, just because of it not really being a a solid, clear team that's been um, really good all year. So I do think that um, the boys may have more of an edge. But, I mean, it's been a really good college basketball season. I think after Zion left, um, it definitely opened the door for people to uh, get to know other players more. And I like that personally because it was only Zion last year. But... Yeah, I'm actually really excited for March Madness. I think it's gonna be really crazy this year. I can't say that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like like you said, it's it's there's no real clear cut dominant team in, in college basketball, especially looking at the men. The women on the other hand, you have South Carolina, you have Oregon, uh you still like in Maryland. So I think it's a little more wide open on the men's side than the women's. Um, from last week before you go, uh I wasn't able to – I remember last time we talked, we had a discussion about the what w, what the WNBA needs to do to improve themselves. We talked about travel. We talked about, you know, income. We talked about a lot of things. And I wasn't able to get with you until now about the new CBA and how they passed, uh, you know, better wages for women and the pregnancy. Now you have pretty much paid leave. Do you think – how do you feel about – the CBA changes, and do you think that that is enough to, or do you think that the WNBA still needs to do more in terms of improvement? Um, I think, I mean, the CBA is really good. Um, I really do like what Cassie has done um, in her role, and she hasn't had much time to, I mean, she hasn't even been in for a complete year. Um, she's getting all this stuff done. Even when she did the travel for the West Coast team in the playoffs, I mean, that was big in itself. And uh, we applaud her for really being hands-on. Uh, I think her business background um, definitely helps with that, um, being at um, Deloitte. Uh, I do think that they... They need to do more, but I think that weighs on the revenue because you can't you can't put too much into a um, anything 
when there's not revenue coming out of it. You can't dump everything into it because you're not getting, you know, you're not getting that uh, success out of it. So I think, I think the WNBA needs to be better with marketing. Marketing sucks. I'm just going to start up there. It sucks. They're terrible. Um, just that. And it's not her fault. It's whoever. It's, it's, it's sucks. And they need to, they need to work on that. Um, be better with branding, be better with um, marketing their top players, marketing their new players, trying to bridge the gap between the NCAA and WNBA try to try something. Uh, I think that'll help. And yeah, I mean, I, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is marketing and getting people in seats. Because I think arena attendance is low, but um, television attendance is high. We're not 50%. So I think they did a good job, I guess, for, you know, your team ratings and games there and stuff like that. But other than that, I think I think they did a, did a really good job. I do like the fact that it looks like the Scarlet Dick is being pregnant prompted them to realize that they needed to make a change. Um, also, with Dewana Bonner, she was playing the turn that came back. Um, so, I like that. And then, you know, just, just everything that everything I laid out in there was was, was really good. Um, it's 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 comparable to the league right now. I think once the league is better, then you know more money from the involved and more travel and possibly private charter flights. Um, for all teams can be implemented, I think. You know, a lot of them don't have NBA affiliates, so that's probably the biggest factor. But everything else I like feels pretty pretty good. I think everybody would be satisfied um, this upcoming season. Well, I do appreciate it. Definitely good hearing from you. Uh, you know, proud of what you've been doing with, you know, the UFC and everything, and what you've been doing, period. I do appreciate your time being on the podcast. I know you're, like you said, very busy. And, uh, again, this is uh, what I want to do is have uh, women on for almost every episode this month. So I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, to talk to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And there you have it. I want to, again, thank Jasmine Brown for coming on. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank – I don't think there's anything else I have today. Um, I want to, I want to, I hope you guys enjoy wherever you guys are listening. I hope that there's good weather. It's kind of raining today, but it was like 75 yesterday. So I hope you guys are enjoying the good weather. Again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please share. Please subscribe. And tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, comment. If you don't agree with something I said or you you have some feelings towards the podcast, leave it in the comments, man. I, you know, I, I, I definitely am welcome to it, you know. So, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. The best feeling in the world. Two, one, two, three, yeah. Uh, you is a lie.
from these sides. Uh, you cannot come to this side. Yeah. Gangsta, but my jeans too tight. Yeah. I see my eyes through the sights. Uh. Hit that bitch once and then tell her goodnight. Bye-bye. All white on my eyes, look like rice. rice. Stack up and get right out of sight. Uh. I just went up in my price. 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 Money, my bank account, this shit precise. Uh. I just went up in my price. Uh. Tell them too. Yo, it's one four. 